Hey everybody, it's Bryce from Jurassic Views. This morning, my react is not a quick react. Uh, it is the morning, so this is more of a morning coffee. Um, the games are on the West Coast, Phoenix, Sacramento, Golden State, and then Portland. So I will be doing morning coffee reactions rather than quick reactions. So these first takes are a little more <laughs> thoughtful or less uh, knee-jerk. <clears throat> Anyways, here we go. Last night's game uh, had some improvements, had some good signs. and uh, But at the end of the day, the, the result or the statistic that we're most interested in, I think, is in the win or loss column, and we lost again. Our record is now an ugly and bizarre one and six. If I were to take one thing from this game, hold on to it like a precious pearl and go forward with it into Sacramento, if I could just take one thing, it would be a great game from Pascal Siakam. Um, really solid performance, a performance that uh, we came accustomed to last year. Um, he got to the basket, into the paint, made layups, made bunnies, um, made jump hooks. That's what we expect and believe Pascal Siakam can do. And when he does it, he's in that top 30 in the league category. You know, I think he scored 30 last night or around 30. Uh, that's really good stuff from him. Um, those are, you know, on the, on the border, on the fringe of all-star numbers. We'll see if that continues, but I'm hoping so. That's my one hope going forward. Um, obviously we saw another solid night from Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, although his points weren't as high as we've seen in three of the last four games. Uh, he played another solid night. He was aware of what was going on. He was, he was a good playmaker. They were trying to take a lot away from him. Uh, he made you know tough layups again in transition in the half court. Uh, really solid overall night from him. I think you're going to see that. You're going to see that back and forth between Kyle and Fred. Some nights Kyle will have the big night. Sometimes Fred will have the big night. Um, just a matter of who's cooking early. And uh, Kyle played a solid game. Um, so yeah, some, some positive things. Uh, I think we're beginning to see some trends now, um, whether good or bad. I think we're, we're getting enough data. We're seeing an, an enough come through in these games that we're being able to call things trends. Um, and one thing for me, that's a trend that, uh, I think we need to, to sit on and, and, and think about is the, the second unit or the lack thereof. And partly that second unit um, has, been in, 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 uh, has been so inconsistent because the second unit in terms of who's actually playing has been inconsistent. Um, and that's, I'm sure Nick Nurse is a very aware of that. Uh, but it's hard to get consistency when you don't have guys getting consistent minutes. And 
I think for me, I'm at the point where um, I would want one thing from Nick, and that's just consistency. I ask the referees all the time for that. But um, if Nick could just pick a group, however big or small that group is, to pick a group that is coming off the bench consistently. Um, we haven't seen Matt Thomas in the last two or three games. Terrence Davis's minutes and opportunities have, have been all over the place. Uh, Alex Len's minutes have been uh, kind of up in the air. Um, Malachi Flynn's definitely. Yuta Watanabe has, has had inconsistent minutes and so on and so forth. And we just haven't had uh, a consistent group uh, of players coming off the bench that we know. And so we don't know what we're going to get either. And, and I, I'm sure for Nick, he's, he's scratching his head. He's, he's in the laboratory and he's you know, trying to come up with the right concoction. But so far, it hasn't, it hasn't happened. And I wonder if, if he just put up a, a solid group. Again, whatever that number is. To me, it, I'm okay if, if that bench rotation is only three maybe four guys. Uh, I'm okay if it's five or six, but it just has to be consistent, I think, at this point. Um, because uh, without that consistency, I think the players are going to be looking over their shoulder. I remember coming off the bench um, for a couple teams when I was in high school uh, playing for the city of Mississauga. And, you know, some, some nights I'd be the seventh man second guy off the bench. Uh, some nights I'd be the first guy off the bench if there was an injury to one of the, to the, one of the guards. And sometimes I was the ninth and tenth man. And unless I got three or four games in a row where I knew what I was, my game was inconsistent as can be. So I can just imagine what that's like for the players. Um, Zion, I may take a, a, a stab at what we'd like to see as our second unit as uh, the next couple weeks go by. Uh, but for now, I'm just looking for consistency. Uh, I don't really care who it is and how many. I think Chris Boucher and Norm Powell are going to be for sure two of those guys, and you can see a little more consistency from them. Uh, but that's one area of concern, or at least uh, needing to iron out. Um, I think uh, another trend that we can see clearly, and, and this is maybe Captain Obvious stuff, but we're seeing that Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are a great backcourt, um, certainly top 10 in the league, uh, if not top five. And uh, it's great to see. It's great to see Freddie play so well. It's great to see Kyle uh, at 34 continuing to not just be a professional, um, and, and come in and out with a business-like attitude, but uh, be able to still blow by guys, outthink guys, uh, out-hustle guys uh, who should be hungrier than him. But this is just who Kyle Lowry is, and it's why he's a legend. It's why there will be a statue outside of the stadium in Toronto uh, for Kyle Lowry because that he's just, he's just that good. And on a consistent basis for this long a period of time. It's incredible. Uh, if we can get more consistency out of 
Pascal Siakam, if, if we see over the course of the next, uh, you know, five games, Pascal averaging 25 a game, um, getting to the rim and finishing, getting to the line and making his free throws, um, playing good D and, and, you know, really disrupting uh, things. Uh, I think we're going to be really excited about that. That'll be a good trend. And that will take pressure off OG for sure. Um, and I think going into that, those fourth quarters and OG playing more of the five role, uh, I think his game uh, will, won't be scrutinized as much because he won't have to produce from the perimeter. Um, he'll, he'll do a little bit of that, but he'll also be doing some back cuts and making some easy lands and dunks. Um, get into the free throw line and and that will be good as well but I think we're really lagging because of that second unit now I think that was true um, in the Boston game I think that was true in the New Orleans game we're fighting back tooth and nail and in this Phoenix game um, you know Phoenix has got a, a really solid quality starting lineup um, and our starters were even with them, if not had a little bit of advantage, but the bench just dominated us. And uh, yeah, that's, we, we just aren't going to be able to win ball games. And here's the thing, like we, we had for three, four seasons, one of, if not the best bench in the league. Last year, things were a little bit thin because of injuries. But overall, Serge coming off the bench, Norm coming off the bench, Chris Boucher could give you some really quality minutes. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was giving you consistent defense and, and some decent passing. He also uh, led the league in probably second chance layups because he'd missed the first layup and get the second one. Um, but we're missing that. And that was a big part of our regular season success. Um, so, yeah, the other thing to, to be aware of, um, you know, is that back in the 90s, and I think Zion and I referenced this the last podcast, you only had seven or eight guys, maybe nine, that played. And obviously the game has changed, but because the pace has changed, you now need the depth of nine, 10, 11 quality players. And this just speaks to how global a game we have and how competitive the game of basketball is. You just have so many quality players in the NBA. And if you're not fighting hard uh, every night, every offseason, you're not going to get minutes. Remember DeLon Wright, how key he was to our bench in... 2018 and 19 remember Delon right uh there was talk not from me I've always been a Freddie fan but there was talk that Delon was the better point guard that we should have kept Delon in that trade uh for Marc Gasol and sent Freddie and while I totally disagree with it I bring that up to say how tight things were uh, in the guard position, how tight things are within the league. And there's just so many guys coming from so many different places, whether it be the G League or internationally or uh, getting drafted, that 
if you're not working hard tooth and nail, you get bumped from that second unit. And if you don't have the quality of depth in the regular season, you're just not going to be able to compete. And we're seeing that this year with the Raps. Uh, DeLon Wright plays for Detroit. Interesting that he's teamed up with uh, Dwayne Casey. He's hardly getting minutes there, and he's not that effective. He's okay. He's still an NBA player. He's still that quality. But it's, it's crazy to think how much he's dropped off um, in the last two, three seasons. And that's an, I'm sure he's still a hell of a player. But it just tells you how competitive this league is um, and how competitive it is to make rosters and, and make rotations. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a big trend. Here's the other trend that I'm finding right now for the Raptors. We were in Phoenix last night. They're 6-2. and two. We played Boston before that. And while they were coming off uh, a game against Detroit, they're on a back-to-back against us. They played Miami last night in Miami and beat them. Uh, and I think they're 6-3 and three now. They don't even have Kemba Walker. And they're 6-3 and three right now. Um, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are playing an all-time high. We played the Sixers in Philly which is always a difficult place. They're the best team in the league at home last year. Uh, probably will continue that trend this year. We played San Antonio and San Antonio early in the year. Greg Popovich, we know how legendary a coach he is. His teams are always prepared, always ready. And there's always that want from DeMar to have a big game against his former teammates. But they're, they're a solid team. Not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they're, they're a quality, uh, quality club at home. And then we played New Orleans twice, who were hungry for a, a, a playoff, um, to make the playoffs, and then to, to have a playoff run. And we don't match up particularly well against them. And the trend for me is that this uh, schedule, the strength of schedule that the Raptors have had, is as difficult as any team in the league. Um, and that's not even considering the fact that we have had lots of changes in our starting lineup. We've had lots of changes in our roster in general. That's not considering the fact that probably the biggest uh, factor for the Toronto Raptors is that we're not playing in Toronto. We're, every game is a road game. Um, so, but scratch that and just look at the strength of schedule. I'd be interested to know who has the toughest schedule. I'm going to look that up. But that's the other tricky part. And so it'll be interesting when we go to Sacramento, when we go to Golden State, teams that are favorable matchups to us. I'm not saying we're going to win those games, but are favorable matchups to us. We come back after the Portland game, which is a back-to-back, so that's a, a tough one, even though I think we could beat Portland uh, in a seven-game series. Playing on a back-to-back in Portland is going to be tough. But then we come back uh, for two games against Charlotte, one in Tampa and one in Charlotte. Um, and I, I'm curious to see how we play. Uh, if we went 4-1 and one in those five games, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying we will, because um, I, I can't predict now how we're going to play and, and where we're going to get consistency from, but it wouldn't surprise me if we went 4-1. and one. Um, But that's kind of the state we're in. Uh, we've got all kinds of variables at play, all kinds of inconsistencies, and we've had a really tough schedule so far. Um, I'm sure you're thinking about this a lot. Uh, I'm sure you are 
confused and frustrated at the one and six start. Uh, but alas, here we are early in the season, scratching our heads and having the worst record we've had in probably seven or eight years. Um, so that's tough. Obviously, there's bigger things in life. Um, send in love and peace to Kenosha, Wisconsin after the Jacob Blake uh, decision, at least toward the, the police officers, uh, just bogus stuff. And, uh, you know, send in love and, and peace to, to Washington as well as that whole city uh, kind of braces itself and tries to recover um, from the events that happened yesterday and maybe the events that will continue to happen for the next two weeks or longer. Um, hope you're well, um, stay safe, and we'll uh, be on a podcast soon uh, in a couple mornings after the Sacramento game. Peace, y'all.